When it comes to work, communication is key, even if you don't have a writing job. Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. And this week's no different. I'm going to be chatting with Charmaine Soldu, the owner and founder of a cruelty-free and vegan hair salon uh, in Manchester, up in the north of England. Uh, Charmaine uh, had an incredible idea uh, through her kind of vegan journey that uh, she would actually uh, take the plunge, I guess, uh, make a brave decision that potentially could have alienated some of her customers uh, and make her hair salon vegan and and it's done quite the opposite she's gone from strength to strength with it so without further ado here's a conversation between me and Charmaine Soldier. being slaughtered I'd had like little occasions like that early on and I said to her mum I was like that's it I'm never eating um, pork again so from then I didn't eat it for a bit and then mum made me something completely forgot about it so that was my little half-arse attempt at it at the time and then I remember going to a concert in McFly I think it was at the time and there was a girl walking around and she was so lovely and she was saying don't eat from KFC Look at what they're doing to these birds. You know, they're, they're cutting the the um, the beaks off with a hot knife. And I was telling everybody, don't go to KFC. But still, at that point, it didn't register in mind that don't eat chicken from anywhere. <laughs> I was just like, no, I just won't eat from KFC because it's really bad. So I feel like it took me quite a long time to sort of connect the animals to that point but the real sort of turning point for me was I'd gone to a working farm with um, my husband and there was a cow there and it was literally the most gorgeous cow cow that you'll ever see in your entire life and it kept sticking its face out and um, wanted me to stroke it so I kept stroking its face and it just like looked at me so lovingly and I just felt like so much love for this cow and everyone's 
after that was like going over to it and stroking it and I just couldn't sort of get my head around the fact that this animal was like me I was like it it wants to be loved I don't know it's just it's something about it. it was like a light bulb moment at that point and I went to a husband I said that's it I'm never ever eating beef again and from that point I started gradually cutting things out and I think I was only really eating chicken at that point because I was always kind of put off pork I've never been like a massive meat eater or anything like that but once I made that connection which sounds mental that I wouldn't make that connection but once I made that connection of that cow and I just constantly started thinking about it it was quite easy to cut things out from that point so from there, I went um, pescatarian, so I cut fish, um, sorry, chicken out, um, and I just watched um, PETA uh, videos about it. So I cut that out and then decided that I was just going to eat dairy and fish, and I did that for about two years, and I was always going to cut fish out but it just took me a lot longer. I'd probably say out of everything, that was the hardest thing for me to cut out because I couldn't really connect with it the same as I could with other animals. Um, and then when I did decide to make that decision, I cut fish out. And then quite quickly on after that, I, start, I cut dairy out as well. Um, and that's just literally because I'm lactose intolerant. But I would have continued eating it, I think, at that point. But I had to then look at videos to stop myself. And I never, ever realised like, how bad the dairy industry was. I was absolutely disgusted. And because I made that connection with the cow that day, I thought, oh, my God, like I can't do this. Because, like, think about that cow. So I always just think about that cow, like, when it was just so easy for everything to be cut out then at that point. Because I just think about that cow that I see and all everyone else so I just remember feeling so annoyed at that day when I seen everyone go over to and stroke it and I was like everyone's such a hypocrite here myself included at the time because we would have gone to McDonald's and had a like a burger at that point on a Sunday generally or like some form of junk food like that and I was like everyone's going over this to this cow and like saying how amazing it is and how gorgeous and how loving it is and like stroking it but they're all probably going to go home and have a Sunday dinner and you know have beef and I was like wake up and I was like how have I not thought this all this time so yeah so that was that was my journey into veganism so it took a while so I think I was pescatarian for two years and then I am, I've been vegan for two years now but yeah I would say I found fish and dairy the hardest to cut out but I think once they associated animals with it it was a lot easier for me but I think it's making that for connection for a lot of people. I remember going around to my uh, mother-in-law's house and she's got lambs at the back of the house they were like oh we went to take Heidi which is my niece we took her to the field over there oh my god you should see these lambs oh my god they were so gorgeous so beautiful and then the next thing she was like do you want a lamb and they were passing lamb around this table and I think how can you just say that that lamb's so gorgeous but I think that's just probably what the majority of people were like before they made that connection with animals but to me like once you make that connection you're like you are crazy like how can you just say that and then you're literally passing llama around the table it's just mental yeah once it's sort of um 
once you do make that connection, like I always think of things like Easter, but you know, like, that was it, Easter. That's yeah, what it was. It, it, an event like Easter is just is it, crazy. <laughs> sort of, you're celebrating the life of, um, you know, whether it be lambs or you know, you're talking about baby chicks and all the rest of it, and doing that, doing that, or celebrating that through the means of eating a particular body part. It's just, it's a very strange concept and um yeah more power to you for making that connection i'm intrigued as to whether your other half went along with you you know when you when you sort of made this connection at this working farm and you, i imagine you know that the, the I'm, I'm thinking of the car journey on the way home where you're starting to you've pieced all this together and you're looking at everybody else there is is he is he with you on that or is he sort of it, was that conversation not quite so free-flowing did he take a bit of convincing where was he at on the journey well, Chris um, has been brought up with his, his granddad owned a farm at the time. So half, after me like saying about this cow, I was like, oh my God, did you not feel that with the cow? And do you not think it's really bad that we're eating it? I was like, how can you eat it now after seeing that? I was like, how nice was that cow? Like, how loving was it? I was like, I can't think about that now. I can't eat be thinking about that animal. And I was like, Chris, are you, did you? And he was like, no, I'm going to still eat burgers. And it took him longer to sort of make that connection but he went vegetarian and he eats predominantly vegan with me at home but I think for him it's more cheese which everybody says don't they like cheese is like the hardest and I think for him as well it's he feels like he's limited so what he can eat okay okay so for for you guys like uh was this a bit of a you know, you've started to have these kind of make these kind of connections. Was there, um, and you mentioned that, that you know, Peter made a, a, a big impression on you from the, the kind of video perspective and so on. Was there another angle from, I guess, the learning about it? You know, we talked a little bit earlier about um, the kind of nutritional bit as we, as we think about bringing up our children and so on. But was that a, was that a consideration for me? Did you start having concerns about, well, what will I eat? What will I be deficient in? And and not just from a nutritional standpoint, but was there an element of, I literally don't know what to eat? Or, or did you have it quite figured out quite early? I'll be honest, like the first year I went vegan, I really, really struggled. I felt quite angry. I was like, there's literally no food for me to eat. And, you know, I'd go out and I felt like there was no sort of options or any, you know, Whereas before, when I was eating fish and I was having dairy, I found it a million times easier. But I do think, like, now, oh, my God, it's so easy. I can literally just go out, like, Pete's Hut started doing vegan pizza. So it's, like, completely different. But I would say that I've really got, like, the hang of it now. But at the time, I was just constantly watching um, things like What the Health, um, Earthlings, I just remember like thinking like how awful are we like these animals are just so loving and just so gentle and this is what we do to them I was just like disgusted and I remember showing my dad this video of um what the health and he just cut me out overnight so mum and dad are actually vegan now yeah like my dad's 50 well he's 53 this year but he cut out um meat yeah when he was 50. Wow and and so you, did you say they were both they're both vegan now, your, your parents. Yeah, but oh my God, my dad used to eat loads of meat. And when I remember I'd cut out meat, he was like poo-pooing it a little bit. He went, oh, you're not going to be one of these, are you? Whereas my dad, he's like one of these angry vegans. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
he's always got an opinion on it. So it's quite funny to see the change. So, so he he's so he's become quite sort of um, quite militant, a bit of an activist, sort of quite late on. Then once he's made these connections, yeah, yeah. So my dad was. It just always goes on like saying it's not good for you, and you know, ingesting of the like animals that are dead and you're just eating death and you know just say things like that my mum was always lactose intolerant so she never had dairy anyway but my mum just kind of went along with my dad but yeah he just started to get more and more into it but I think when he's at work you know you'll say like the odd comment like oh you know you can it doesn't matter if you don't eat me and you know things like that I'm sure he said it a lot different from the way I've just said it I think I've said it a bit politer but I think for men and I don't know how you felt about this but I think Chris was majorly worried about what his um friends and family would think because we started cutting dairy out at home so I went for a spell of like cutting dairy out but I'd still have things like chocolate when I was pescatarian and his mum and dad were like are you all right? We've noticed you've lost weight. You know, you're getting really slim. It's not good for you to not have milk. And I think he sort of didn't do it for that reason as well, because he was just worried about what people would think. And I think there comes this stigma with being vegan, that it means you're not as masculine, like not eating meat, which is absolutely ridiculous, because I think it's actually stronger to actually go against the grain and think, actually, you know what, I don't want to eat animals and that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, um, I definitely think that exists. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly like, you know, in your typical kind of um, typical male pursuits, if you like, or the things that are associated with sort of whatever the Western ideal of masculinity is. But like things like sport, I'm thinking, you know, I'm really into to football and rugby and ice hockey and all these kind of sports, and they can be quite sort of. Um, overtly stereotypically masculine environments where um where yeah you definitely take a fair bit of uh stick from people but with the same token i think i think the sort of the the, even that i think is shifting i think as you see like lewis hamilton and novak djokovic and you know people like this sort of switching to to veganism um the williams sisters have had periods of time and uh, so on and so forth. So there's lots of, I think, as as sort of sports people become vegan, I, I think I, I, I'm pleased to say I think that's that's disappearing slowly. It's like Lionel Messi and uh, Chris Smalling, and there's all kinds of there's, you know lots of footballers and stuff now. So I think it's it's getting there. But <laughs> I'm with him. I, th- I think it definitely still exists, and I definitely had that experience with my parents. But I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily a gender one. I think just parents worried don't they so they if there's yeah. if you're doing anything a bit that's considered different. a bit different <laughs> then against they, the grain yeah they want to question it my parents still do now to some extent but uh, much less than at the beginning but i totally agree with you like these athletes that are coming out you know i've known so many people i can't think of the um the film that's come out at the moment but that's it i've heard like so many people that come into the salon and I was like oh watch game changes and it's like they see these like elite athletes that look incredible and they're like I want to be that person you know I want to look like them so I think like you say it definitely has changed in that respect I don't know if with Chris as well it was he's so easy going 
and I think he was just a little bit embarrassed about saying to people at work actually you know when they go out for McDonald's I'm gonna have a chicken burger what do you want he'd be like "Mm," you know he'd sort of want to go along with it so I think he probably would have done it a little bit sooner but that was probably one of the reasons why he didn't that's it yeah because I feel like there's a lot you feel like you just it sounds awful because it's you know we're doing it for the animals and things like but you feel like you're being really awkward when you go into people's houses like oh sorry I don't eat meat like why should you be apologetic for it you don't want to eat animals but there is like like, oh don't go out your way for me you know I'll bring my own food and I mean I don't know how you deal with that I mean it's quite easy for me now because mum and dad are both vegan so we go around there we know we're gonna get catered for so yeah not much the same I'm I'm probably still in the um trying to not be uh you know the stereotypical vegan if you like and cause a fuss so 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 i try i'm still probably in the the camp of like bring your own food don't don't be awkward kind of thing but with the same token there's there is a little militance inside me that wants me to sort of you know say say well why is it the default choice that we all eat meat sort of thing so it's it's a really challenging one isn't it people really panic about what to make you as well but like oh I don't know what to do but I suppose it is probably a bit more of a faff for somebody but if you're going to make things from scratch I mean so if you wanted to like get butter and things you'd obviously have to get things that haven't got dairy in but yeah I know like Chrissy's mum really panics about when we come around she's like I have no idea what to to give them but there's so many things now like vegan pizzas that's such an easy one isn't it just chips and yeah i mean you can always make the uh like more restaurants than i suppose visiting people's houses but the sort of sides tapas I, i'd call it where you end up with like a bowl of chips and you know whatever vegetable you can get on the on the sides menu and you know i, t- I can you, i always think i can cobble together something off the back of that but even when when i, I don't know about you but when i do that in a restaurant with friends there's always an element of, I don't know, even that I feel like I'm being awkward because it's like, well, you you're I not, you you're not enjoying a main. We're all enjoying mains and you're kind of, oh, we've got to kind of, we've got to feel a bit apologetic because you're eating sides. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel a bit embarrassed sometimes when you go out? Cause I do, you know, and you're like, uh, is it vegan? <laughs> you feel like you're being a bit of an idiot, but you're like, well, what else am I supposed to say? Like, it needs I need to know whether it is or it isn't because I don't want to consume animal products. Yeah. But you feel like you're being a little bit out there, like, yeah, you I don't think, want to cause the force. I think I've got more comfortable over the course of time, but there's def- definitely in the beginning, I was probably overly apologetic. But I think with more and more experience, I've probably realised that particularly like restaurant staff, like they they hear everything like they've heard so much that they're they're not doesn't phase them they're just they're they're so used to to the conversations you know whether it's somebody somebody saying you know I well I can eat can't eat eggs or I don't eat that particular type of I don't know fine bean or something that's probably not an intolerance but <laughs> you get you get you get my drift that they've there's probably lots of very um select uh things that they've heard that I'm less worried about them now, but at the beginning, yeah, I was definitely overly apologetic. Um, more, more so like now, just that it's more at people's houses than I sort of like, you know, because you just 
you know that there's this sort of social awkwardness that's created by by you turning up and them not having anything to give you sort of thing so yeah and then especially if you're drinking as well it's like horrendous well I, thankfully i don't drink because I, I always think if it must be a minefield drinking because there's so much animal product in various alcoholic drinks i don't know how you find that do you find that quite a challenge i'm not a massive drinker myself like you well you know you don't drink but i don't i don't drink an awful lot but i just tend to just stick to like spirit like de serrano and coke that's that's all i'd have really i wouldn't really have anything else i'm not a massive wine drinker whereas i think that's when it gets into a bit of a mind fill at that point then with uh wine yeah it does yeah wines and beers and stuff there's there's all sorts of stuff that goes on that you'd like to be honest before i became vegan i had no idea about <laughs> but you learn as you go right yeah i mean one of my clients that came in um, to the salon she was saying that she still has prosecco now and she was like oh my god i didn't realize that it's um it goes through fish bladders and someone was saying that it has egg or something in it i was like what she had a husband's allergic to eggs and they have that in it i'm um I'm intrigued as to the. I'd love to get onto the salon. So, because I, I just the the conversations that I can imagine would go on at a salon, like you talk about everything in in salons. Like, and just as you mentioned there, I'm intrigued about your particular experience with this type of conversation because, um, I've had that one myself, and it it can always be a bit awkward where you point out something to somebody who's would like identify themselves as vegan. And you don't want to be awkward, but you you kind of almost feel like, well, I definitely need to tell them that that thing isn't vegan that they've just said that they're really into. Have you had any kind of experiences with that, with either products or food, where you've kind of said to somebody, they've said, oh, yeah, I really love using X, and you've gone, oh, that's not actually vegan? I think there's ways around it. I mean, this particularly particular girl that I'm talking about has managed to point things out to me, like we've both helped each other out, but... I think she mentioned it and I was like oh my god did you did you not know that it's not vegan I was like I've only just found out and she was like no way but we've got that relationship with one another I mean I was she was saying oh what did you get from the Indian last night and I said oh uh, I got nan bread she went you do know that's got milk in it don't you and I was like what <laughs> no I didn't so I think there's always something that you can learn from one another but it's probably just the way you say it as well, I suppose, isn't it? Like, I've got a really good relationship with all of my clients, so there's none of that. I mean, I do feel like I have to be careful what I say to clients that aren't vegan. That's always a bit of an awkward one sometimes, like, what to, to say, and I don't want to come across like I'm, I'm being too pushy or... Yeah. 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 Well... Let's, I want to definitely pick up on that point, but I would just like to like get like almost go back in the chronology. Like, when did the salon start and the crossover with your veganism happen as well? Because I'm kind of intrigued as to that. Was the sal- did the salon exist before the veganism or, or vice versa? Um, so the salon did exist before the veganism. So the salon originally was set up as a cruelty free salon. Um, and the reason why that happened was I remember having a client um, a client in that I was talking to and um, I was just chatting to her about being pescatarian. I was like, you know, I'm pescatarian, you know, I don't eat meat. And I thought I was like amazing at the time, like telling this client about it. And she was like, yeah, she said, I only eat chicken. She said, but what I always do make sure is 
that um, none of my products are tested on animals. And I was like, come again? And she was like, yeah, things get tested on animals, you know. And I was like, what, really? And then she went and told me about these um, dogs her friend had took from a laboratory and basically they had to sign a disclaimer that um, they would take them out and they wouldn't kill these um, dogs in a laboratory so they could have a, like a good life and she was saying that when they let them out that they'd never seen grass and things like that before and it had just majorly stuck with me and at the time I had bought into a brand that wasn't cruelty free and it was quite short after that that I got my own salon and I just said to myself right that's it I'm going to make sure it's cruelty free because I had I've, I've still got a dog I've got um a little miniature schnauzer and I just thought I couldn't even bear the thought of anything being tested on you and I was amazed like how many different animals that are actually tested on so I was like right when I have a salon I'm going to make sure it's cruelty free so I opened the salon I had a little bit, it was quite hard at the start to find some really good brands that were cruelty free because normally as a hairdresser you can go to your likes of Alan Howard or Sally's and things like that and you'd go and there'd be no cruelty free brands at all there so it was like you had to sort of source them and order them in so I had to like try and find brands that I wanted to work with that were really good and it was a little bit of trial and error at the time as well and that's just a minefield in itself, cruelty free. I was with a brand at the time that was saying that they were cruelty free and it turned out that they were um, shipping to China and China's laws are, once they hit China, if they're not from China, they have to be tested on animals when they get to that point to make sure that they're, they're safe to use over in China. So I was like, I've just bought into these products that they're saying that they're cruelty free, but they could be potentially being tested on animals. So I had to pull them out and then start looking for another brand. So it's, it's been a bit tricky to be fair. And then from then on, I decided that I was going to be... Um, I made the transition into being vegan at that point and I was getting quite a lot of clients messaging me and saying about oh wow I'm so glad that I found you you know I've been wanting to go to a vegan hairdresser for a bit and I was like I'm really sorry but the products that I use have actually got honey in which means that they're not vegan um, and then it was just trying to find a vegan brand at that point um, and then I found a really good brand and then I've stuck with them since then but it's been a lot of trial and error through all of the, the products um, so yeah that's that's been a major major minefield but uh, it feels really really good to be doing as much as I possibly can for all the animals and I try and be as sustainable as possible like buying um, re not reusable towels um, bamboo towels so like the these single-use towels, and they biodegrade. So I do like them a little bit like that. So I bet you, because that's really interesting to me, that point of like, because of your line of work, you've had to become an expert in kind of, I guess, all things cosmetic and, and hair products and so on and so forth. Because, I don't know, certainly my experience and a lot of the, the vegans I spoke to, like num number one, is the food and that feels quite easy and then sort of the the clothing aspects start to then follow and an area that i find people i don't want to say trip up because it sounds a little 
sort of judgy and completist, but but still, I'll use it just <laughs> just because I can't yeah, think of no, a better no. word. Um, the area that most people trip up, uh, and certainly an area I still find a, a challenge is, you know, walking into um, your local or your your multi um, multi site um, uh, pharmacist on the high street, naming no names, but you walk into one of those kind of stores and you want to buy. I don't know, toothpaste or razors or, you know, shaving foam or you name it, hair products, blah, blah, blah. And um, it's an absolute minefield. I mean, they're getting better, I guess, at labelling these things. But um, would it be fair to say you almost had to go about it the other way around from your veganism point of view? Like you understood that probably that element before the food. (laughs) Would that be fair to say? Um. Probably, yeah, because I think after a year, it's only when I really got to grips with veganism, to be fair, but it, it was just true through trial and error. And I think making mistakes, you know, within the business, like getting all those products in that I'd spent thousands of pounds on and then having a responsibility and thinking, do I either keep these products in when they're saying they're cruelty free and just don't tell anybody because that's what the marketed as or do it just lose money and be true to myself and not give this company any money and that's what I kind of decided to do but it was quite tricky but I mean this is a really easy tip for you like so when you're going out and looking for cruelty free products anything that's made in Europe isn't tested on animals so anything that's made in China hasn't been tested on animals but anything that is shipped over to China so if you see a product that you like that's made in the UK for example but it's shipped over to China and it's retailed there so you'd be able to tell if you went online and you'd see where this applies to that would be tested animals because by law that's how they have to do it so that doesn't make sense to me because you think well why don't they tested animals in China but they'd want to do it the other way around so yeah but I think they're supposed to be changing the laws and stuff. So I think it's just constantly changing. But I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm a lot more aware about what I'm buying now. But I found it a lot easier. And I, I see loads of little things popping up and cruelty-free hair salons and people marketing themselves as that. So I think it is getting a little bit easier. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great top tip, actually. <laughs> Thanks for that. So when you when you kind of um, sort of went on that journey, was that something that kind of like, uh, I guess, uh, sort of, um, if you like, went into your personal um, kind of life as well? Did you did you very quickly sort of then have to reassess kind of every every product that you were buying in the home? Did it kind of extend beyond there? Yeah, I mean, I had to like look at different companies for like washing powder and things like that. So I, I go with a, a company called Worth. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're really good. Because I think being um, vegan as well makes you sort of look at other aspects of it and especially like in my industry because you think about all the stuff I use, you know, like the the tubes of tin, you know, the cardboard that things come in and plastic, you know, so there's, there's always something to consider with things like that as well, like just trying to make as little impact as I possibly can, but generally they're both sort of linked together. So when you're buying products that are good for the environment, they're generally vegan. So, I mean, everything in the salon, I had to sort of look at cleaning products as well. But, I mean, I'm not one of these people that's got the patience to make me own cleaning products, to be honest. I know you can do, but, yeah, 
definitely not for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me either. Like, I'd love to get to that point from a no waste point of view, but no, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely obviously look for the, the vegan products, but haven't quite got to the stage of manufacturing my own yet, but maybe one day. It's really hard as well because I think things are always labelled vegetarian, but they don't say vegan. Which I think if it just said vegan, it would cover veget, you know, it would it would cover vegetarians as well. Yeah, I think that's 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 true. Um, that's true across the board, isn't it? I always think that with like uh, I don't know about you with your your little one, but I find this. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if little Wolf goes to nursery at all, but um. I definitely find this with the nursery that they've the penny sort of dropped with with Arthur's nursery that if they just make a vegan option it covers everyone <laughs> and then they don't need to worry whereas I always think vegetarian options no disrespect to any vegetarians listening but um that it's sort of like uh there's a it's not quite as inclusive as it could be you know if it was vegan it just covers everyone doesn't it <laughs> that's it yeah because I think, obviously, predominantly, when you have a vegetarian meal, it's quite bland, but they always put dairy on it. Yeah. That's how I think, obviously, they get around it. Yeah, I, do you know, I had that conversation with somebody who was, who was actually vegetarian, and they were sort of complaining. that They said, this is, it sounds really odd, but they said that the the vegan option was, all, they always preferred going to restaurants for the vegan options. And look, what you just said there just resonated with that point. And I just thought, ah, no, you, that, that's that's exactly why. <laughs> just throw a bit of cheese on it, it'll taste all right. Whereas I think vegan food has to be really heavily flavoured to give it that little bit of a difference. And that was one thing, I don't know about you, but when I cut out meat, that was one thing I struggled with. Everything just tasted so plain. I was like, it just tastes so boring, but... There's so much like flavouring, obviously meat and things like that. So not that it was hard, you know, it wasn't hard for me to give it up because you make that connection with the animals. But I just found it, the taste was just really just different to get used to. Whereas now I couldn't think of anything worse. No, no, I agree. I think you, you work harder, don't you? When you become vegan, it's like you work harder to make the flavours um kind of really pop if you like um you can be quite lazy i think if you if you don't if you're not vegan you can just i don't know i remember just like putting meat in stuff and then that'd be it that's that's it that's done so i think you have to be very very good at cooking yeah yeah no i agree and actually this this, if there's one benefit from this this lockdown i think it's it's forcing me to even get beyond the the sort of the 10 meals on rotation probably that we that we normally have so yeah uh you definitely do need to work on your your culinary skills um i'm intrigued as to so you've you've opened well not opened but converted almost the salon to cruelty free and then taken on the, the 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 title of vegan yeah did you have existing customers who almost was skeptic i know it sounds odd because it's like well why would you be but was there any of your existing customers almost skeptical as to what the change was did you get any people kind of asking you so what exactly have you done that's different why (laughs) have you done it well i was really really anxious to be honest with you to make it vegan but i just thought i just need to be true to myself and just continue well just do it vegan and I was just really worried what people would think if I cut out dairy and I thought no why am I buying dairy for the shop when I don't have it myself like why would I get dairy in the shop 
when I don't believe in that and I've seen everything that goes on in these dairy farms and I feel so strongly about it, why would I then just completely go back on everything that I've thought about and just buy it in the shop for other people? And that was one of the things I really, really was really nervous about because I kept thinking, like, some people are just really set in the ways, aren't they, and think, you know, I want I want milk in my tea. I don't deviate from that. That's it. I'm not having that. Oh, I'm not I'm not having that. It's vegan. Oh, it tastes rubbish. I just think some people just have that mindset before even sort of going out and, you know, trying it. They're like, oh no. Oh, I won't have one then. And I thought, if people think that then whatever, like I can't I can't make everybody, you know, like stuff like that, but yeah, I was very anxious about that part. So that was one of the main things that had changed. And I think sometimes people think, oh, vegan, and they get the back up a little bit as well. But everyone's been absolutely fine. But I would say the majority of my clients are actually meat eaters because I've been hairdressing from 19 in this area. Um, I'm 31 this year. So I've had all my clients all that time. So, yeah, I was really worried that they'd, they'd be like, oh what are you doing I, I just want a tea with milk in and then I thought <laughs> when I think about it more and more I thought it's only milk like they'll just get over it it's funny that isn't it you talk yeah. we've uh, like I, I don't know about you but sometimes I've um we've actually had that debate in the house sometimes when we've got maybe a relative coming over who we know will you know make make a thing of it if there isn't <laughs> actual milk in the house and um so we've had that debate before, like, do we buy milk? And then we're like, well, we fundamentally don't agree with buying milk, so it feels it feels uh, it feels wrong to do so. Like, it's a whole nother scale for you, for you when you're thinking about my day to day business. Like, you'd have to have a milk order every week, and would you want to do that? And then you've got to, you know got to make the the tea and the coffee and so on. And as whilst it may seem small, it's like, well, that's you know that's sort of a daily act that goes against the choice you've made. You know. I just felt like a big hypocrite, but exactly the same as you. Like I've had people that come round as well and won't deviate away from having milk. So, and you're always a little bit like, oh, it just annoys you. But you just they're people's choices, aren't they? I can't dictate what everyone sort of thinks. Like it's just, especially like when you hear about what's in milk and pus and things like that. It's just repulsive. So. And when you think about it, like, why would you have another animal's milk? What, what would, why have we ever thought about doing that? It's like the weirdest thing in the world. Like, why did I used to, like, love putting it all over my cereals and getting a chocolate bar? It's, it's just mental to think about it now. I often think if you were drinking it straight from source, you'd be arrested. Like, yeah. it would be the oddest. <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you, were, if you saw somebody in a field, you'd think, well, the hell, I'm, you know, I'm calling the police or something. Yeah, <laughs> just, <you would. laughs> what is that person doing? Uh, you know, but for some reason, like, as soon as you put some, create some distance and you disconnect it, and then it's in a fridge in a shop, it's like, oh, it's fine. Perfectly natural. But, you know, like, I suppose we all went through years of saying that that's perfectly normal and the advertising worked, didn't it, from a, um, from the point of view of, you know, it's healthy, good for your bones, good for your teeth, all that, we need it, that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, I mean, like, when you look at commercials, I watched a commercial, like an old, I think it was in the 1950s, and it was like, if you're breastfeeding, 
get your child off your breast immediately and put them on cow's milk because there's nothing better than cow's milk. But it obviously didn't, uh, people at the time didn't think, no, well, it's all, this is my milk. This is meant for the baby. Like, what, what would make you think that cow's milk would be better than your milk? That's got all of your antibodies and things like that. And it's, it's crazy. Just, just the strangest thing, the power of um, marketing. <laughs> it is. It is so crazy. So, when you you've so you've now got the like going back to the chronology, we've got the the salon and we've changed the the milk and all the products, and you've kind of got taken that really bold step of saying, you know, actually, I'm now, a, you know, this is a vegan salon. Um, did you did you actually find you know we talked about some people who might have felt uncomfortable, but thankfully, I suppose you built up such a reputation and such a great hairdresser that people aren't. Kind of necessarily uh in that mindset but did you find it go the the other way that you found lots of people actually who were looking for a vegan salon um and w- were challenged with the minefield that we talked about before of like you know is this product is that hair product is this is that um they suddenly started to sort of turn up at your door was that was that a thing that that sort of happened for you yeah like I met like the most incredible people like as soon as I said it was vegan like just the nicest people in the world like this lady I mean I'm in Manchester um in Ermston that's where the salon is and this lady had come from Denton and she was on the phone to me and she just said can I just say thank you so much for providing this service and I think it's a really bold move and you know thank you so much I really do appreciate you and I was like nearly in tears I was like how nice is this woman that I've not even met before like saying things like this and I've got like a really really nice following now I've got a lady that comes from Warrington and you know people that travel and I think people are willing to travel if they've found someone that provides the service that they want and also have taking that sort of thinking process out of it and they know they can come in they know that whatever I'm going to offer them any little snacks or if I do any cocktails or anything like if it's been the salon's birthday there's literally no thought process in it it's all been done for them and it must feel nice to do that because it just takes that stress out of it because for me there's nothing more stressful than having to think about everything all the time you know like we were talking about before, going to somebody's house and you're like, oh, what is it? Oh, I'll just check and see if it's in that. And yeah, it's just, it must just be nice for people to do that. And they've obviously built up a really good relationship with me as well. So I've met really amazing people and it's been so nice to have like really deep and meaningful chats. And just like me and you are doing now, like finding where people have got to the point and, you know, everybody's different and, I think everybody that I've, when you hear about these vegans in the um, the mainstream media and, you know, the, these crazy people, I've not come across that at all, anybody of that. And everybody's just so lovely. Like, all my clients are just so down to earth and just really easy to get along with. And it's just been really good having chats and having some you you're instantly you've got something in common with somebody straight away so it's quite easy to chat to people at that point like coming on here and speaking to you today I'd felt more comfortable knowing that we'd already got something that we're both very passionate about so that kind of chilled me out a little bit 
Yeah, definitely. Especially when it's something so fundamental to your sort of core values. I, I, I definitely relate to that. And part of the reason I started the podcast, you know, I didn't didn't have a particularly huge uh, sort of group and then went to a, a vegan festival and was introducing people at it and then suddenly realised that the world was much bigger than I thought it was and much more kind of diverse and welcoming and interesting. And I'm, I'm kind of jealous, actually, because essentially you, you're uh, the more more I think about it you, you're essentially getting to have I don't know you probably don't know how many hours specifically but if it's an eight hour day probably eight eight hours worth of podcast interviews with different yeah. with potentially different vegans uh all day long and uh, I'd be interesting to to hear your perspective on you know maybe some of the things that you've that you've learned the different viewpoints the different perspectives through kind of essentially the conversations that you've had cutting people's hair has it has it taught you a lot about about veganism and the wider world of it i think it's helped massively because you you're speaking to other people and it's just things like you know i'll have clients that will come in and we'll be chatting and they'll say do you know they're vegan i'll be like what they're vegan like they're like the nicest nicest little treat ever i'm gonna go out and get them or you want to try these show i mean like oh galaxy's doing like a new chocolate get that so it's nice you feel like you've got a million and one friends and i found i found out quite a lot of information through that as well you know just finding what foods i can eat because that i did i did find that quite difficult like treat food especially and that was one thing that I do like I like a treat. <laughs> I like a bit of junk food. So yeah, that's been nice when people have come in. Um and not having debates with such a people, but like what we sort of find acceptable and I've been like to people, you know, I've still got leather and stuff like that in my house and you know, they're like from my clothes and I was like, What are your views on that? I was like, I feel like if I get rid of it now, it kind of defeats the object because the damage the damage is already done. Like I just feel like for me, I should just wear them wear them out, you know, and then get the use out of them. And other people have agreed and then there's other people that's like, no, to be honest, like when I became vegan I just wanted to throw everything in the bin. But it's just everybody's personal situation, I suppose. It's how you feel about it. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think that's the more yeah the more conversation you have, there are definitely some diverse views. The the sort of preganism one we talked about um, a little bit actually on the on the last episode just touched upon exactly that concept that you talk about there. Like it's already the things already happened that you know the the act that I disagree with, you know the, the killing of this animal has already happened. The leather is been made into into this jacket or whatever and i've had this jacket for five years and you know it it, it may last a lifetime who who knows sort of thing so is it what's worse get rid of it or keep it like that that's a a debate that comes up um now and then um with with people i've spoken to and i think yeah you're absolutely right the more conversations that you're in i bet it's just a, a absolute treasure trove of of top tips and information and viewpoints and some you agree with and some you disagree with and yeah I bet it's fascinating and I suppose as well like there's another factor isn't it if you're thinking about the environment you know if I was to get rid of some old leather shoes that I'd got that are perfectly fine like you say that could last for years and years or do I go out and keep buying 
plastic shoes that potentially couldn't, you know, they might not last as long, you know. There's, there's loads of different factors in that, isn't there? There's loads of different viewpoints. Yeah, yeah, there, there are. There are. It's, it's certainly not a black and white kind of issue. Um, and, yeah, if you if you feel, un- like, super uncomfortable wearing it, I, I totally respect that and, and, you know, donate it or pass it on to a friend or family member who's more comfortable, then absolutely fine, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm not sure I would feel comfortable with getting rid of the whole wardrobe and, and you know, like you say, buying buying a whole and a whole new set of sort of vegan and inverted commons clothes and so on in fact i had a conversation with somebody a while ago a sort of style blogger from um from the states uh called jeanette who uh who talked about that at length actually about the, the, the damage that um sort of fast fashion causes and how you know like you say that one pair of shoes that could have lasted years versus 10 pairs of shoes that were what were you know, manufactured in a in a way that was really environmentally damaging. It's like, yeah, what's the what's the the biggest problem there? It's uh, yeah, it's definitely worth debate and discussion. It, I almost want to. Well, if I had any hair, I'd come and have my hair cut to have these debates <laughs> and discussions. <laughs> but I've I've gone for the lockdown cut, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll tell you another one that comes up in um, the salon. Zoos. I personally, I went to a zoo in Budapest. Um, this was, I think I was actually a meteor at this point. And I remember thinking, the animals look so sad. And I said to Chris that I was never, ever going to go to a zoo again after that. But I know some vegans that do go to a zoo and some that just won't. And these like pros and cons to both, isn't they? I've got you know, clients that are really strongly against, like, going to zoos and her son actually was supposed to go on a trip to the zoo and she wrote um, a letter to them saying, I will ensure that he stays at home and I will be teaching him all about the animals and I'll make him write you an essay on it, but he's not going to see caged animals in a zoo. And, you know, she was, like, so strongly against it. But then I've got a friend who's vegetarian who works in a zoo and you know she doesn't see anything wrong with it because you know they've been brought up there but yeah there's loads of different you know discussions for either one and it's difficult you should record it Charmaine I think it would be a it'd be a better podcast than uh than mine <laughs> <laughs> I just set up a couple of mics in the salon I think it'd be awesome <laughs> Do do you ever find like because because it is such an emotive subject like whether it's a non-vegan customer or even a vegan customer and lots of people wanting to kind of like uh, I don't know it just comes up in discussion or debate do you ever find there's any kind of friction or or a kind of a uh, an approach that you that you need to take or perhaps you sometimes need to hold your tongue almost <laughs> like like how how does that work in that kind of environment. Or does it, or is it generally pretty amicable discussion? No, I do think that I have to hold my tongue a little bit in certain situations. Like I've got a client who I absolutely adore. Like we, she's not like afraid to like tell me what she thinks and vice versa. But n- nothing like horrible between the two of us. And she was like, "If you don't mind me asking, how come you don't have dairy? Because they like it, don't they? They like being milked." <laughs> They like it. They stand there and they like it. I see, I've, you know, I've watched it being done and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, actually, they don't. It was like the whole reason. And I went through it with her and she was like, 
Oh, really? I didn't realise that was the case. But I think it's just trying to do it in a really nice way that's not judging people or getting the back up because I think you know putting myself in their situation if someone was to sort of attack me and say well do you know that this is what happens to cows and da 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 and you're having that and it just gets you back up straight away and you're like she's a weirdo you know I'm gonna just have dairy because I want to have dairy you know if you just say it really calmly and matter of fact and you're not getting anyone that's a factual thing I think you know it's fine but I have got some clients that think, like, I've got a client that just thinks I'm nuts. And, you know, he'll just ask me loads of different questions. He's like, so is your car lever? He's like, it's a load of rubbish, this veganism. And, but he loves his dog. Yeah, he loves his dog so much. He loves me, you know, and his wife loves me as well. That's why they come back to me. But, yeah, he thinks I'm nuts. I know he thinks I'm nuts. And he'll try and wind me up and say things like, we had a lovely lamb, you know, we had lovely lamb last night, you know, just, you've just got to sort of, sort of take it on the chin and just, just ignore them, like, that's your viewpoint, that's my viewpoint, I'm not going to change you, and you know, you're not going to change me, it doesn't offend me in the slightest, I think the more you sort of have a go at people or say things, the more that they're going to do it to annoy you, so I just, I just laugh at things like that, because I think, whatever, not bothered. It's, it's, an, inc- it's an incredible, like, um, feet of patience in a way like i'm just thinking like that there's you know as we all know like we we've talked about at the beginning there about you know roots into veganism everyone's got a different route in and for some people they've you know been shocked into it they might have watched a horrific video or seen something horrific then other people it's you know they might have i've I've spoken to people who've walked past I don't know, uh, 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 some kind of like activist group in the street and they might not have thought about it immediately, but then, you know, a month later, something resonated with them through to people who sort of it's more gentle and they ate a nice meal and so on and so forth. Um, I'm interested as to your your overarching kind of like view or philosophy on, um, I guess, like how how you've how you found kind of the, the the way people receive messages and and what you found to be the most effective. Because I imagine in your position you get a you've probably had the opportunity to almost try every type of message in a way in the conversations you've had, both forcefully putting something across or more gently. What have you found to be most effective from your sort of personal point of view? Well I think first of all, I just start you know I'll I'll bring up the subject like this is always a really good one it makes me sound really manipulative doesn't it <laughs> so I'll just first of all say of like oh, have you got any pets and you know people this it won't all be in the same conversation it could be like in little bits of the conversation you know when I'm doing the hair or colour whatever and um they'll say things like oh yeah I've got a little cat and I'll go oh like what's it called da, da, da. and then they'll ask about the shop being cruelty free and I'll just say yeah the shop's cruelty free and you know like they test on they test on cats as well and they're horrified like they're absolutely horrified that they were tested on a cat because it's so personal to them and they couldn't imagine their cat being tested on so then like people have come in and basically said to me oh yeah you know what I was like looking for loads of cleaning products yesterday that were cruelty free and 
I'm like so easy and so cheap isn't it to do it and you know I'll just I'll say um like I'm doing a newsletter at the moment for people and I put quite a lot of vegan recipes in it and I'm just hoping that people you know like have that for a meal in the evening or you know they try something different I'll try and talk to people about what I eat as well because I think people are naturally curious I've had people that are cut out dairy because they've tried um the oat milk that I had in because I have um for the coffee I have that oat milk barista so I've had a few people saying oh I love that oat milk barista I'll only have that now and I think those small little changes that people do obviously are going to make a massive impact and I think there's just ways and means of going around it and I think that's how I deal with it so like the cruelty free thing that's what I would always say like have you got an animal yeah the test on those animals or and then people are like oh my god I can't believe that or yeah and then I've just said like for me like when I went vegan it, I couldn't even think about eating my dog <laughs> it sounds stupid doesn't it but like I couldn't even think about eating my dog and like what's so different between you know a cow a chicken or you know and that's that's the way I sort of think about it and I do occasionally tell people the cow story and I get a bit of a, a funny look sometimes but other people just think it's really nice and the cow yeah. story makes perfect sense to me <laughs> yeah, nothing, it would do because we're on the same level as each other. So. <laughs> There's nothing weird about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one final sort of big question for you, uh, Charmaine, which is like, how how confident are you that we're sort of moving in the direction towards uh, kind of getting to a, a I guess a world that's a, that's that's vegan or at least predominantly vegan, accepting that lots of different parts of the world are in very different places. And and particularly, I suppose, the little caveat to that question as well. Do you think the kind of current situation with lockdown, et cetera, um, is sort of a catalyst towards that? Do you see there being any sort of green shoots of it um, helping people to connect um, with with veganism at all? I think it, it could help. I don't know if it will because I think some people are just so hellbent on not changing you know there's certain people I know that just will not watch things on earthlings or they don't want to know because ignorance is bliss but I do think the easier and easier it is for people to try alternatives and when they do try them think actually that's no different from eating you know chicken or whatever I normally eat I think that's going to be a change and I've noticed so many people like having corn mince now rather than you know beef because like, I'm on Weight Watchers you know trying to lose weight and you know I get corn in this now and you know I'm like trying um, different alternatives because it's less calories and it's like Greg's you know it's obviously not ideal for weight and things like that but how amazing is it that we've got places like that popping up and making it so accessible and I know loads of people that have tried the the vegan sausage rolls and that are not vegan so I think the more the easier and easier it gets for people I think that's when it's going to be changing and I think it's massively changing now and I think you know just like you being around different people and you know people trying your food or when people come and see me like my friend came around that eats me and she was like oh yeah you know you know I'll try what you're eating and she went actually that's actually really nice and another friend of mine she went oh I'll get that instead of ham I think it's 
just giving people the option that they can eat other things that aren't animal and people making those connections but I think there's more of a want for it now so I think going forward that would sort of change Awesome. Well, I hope you're. I hope you're right. <laughs> and the, yeah. let's keep fighting the the good fight from our various corners. Um, yeah. On that note, actually, so if if somebody wants to to go about connecting with you, uh, maybe even hopefully visiting the salon, where would they go about finding you? Um, so if you go on Instagram and go on Love Hair by Charmaine. I've actually added you as a friend, so you'll be able to see me on it as well. Um, if you just go in my bio, and there is a link to book there. So it just actually goes through to my online diary. Or you can just send me an email and say you want to book in, and I can have a consultation with you. But yeah, that easy. Or on my website as well, you can click to book in. So that's um, www.lovehairbycharmaine.com amazing well thanks so much for your time Charmaine and uh, enjoy uh, little Wilf during this uh, this period that's one of the I suppose the, the best things about this isn't it we get to spend a bit of time with the, the little one so yeah. awesome thank you so much no worries thank you